And we are live. Hello, everybody. And welcome to... Oh, this is something we didn't even discuss before the uh, the episode went live. Welcome to the final episode of Season 1 of History's Greatest Idiots, Idiots even, Episode 25. <laughs> the show in which we look back through the, uh, the corridors of history and bring you the greatest mistakes ever made by humanity in an effort to give you lessons that you can learn from and never repeat again. But who are we kidding? We're humans. We love making mistakes, and we love even more talking about them. Joining me as ever is my amazing, awesome co-host, Derek. Derek, how are you doing? How has your week been? I am doing fantastic. It's always such a nice run-up and introduction. Like I don't, I'm, I'm always so flattered. Um, yeah, no, man, I'm doing good. Just been, I feel really chill. Like I've just nice. been chilling for like all week and it feels like for weeks straight i've been just yeah. hanging out it's it's really nice isn't it because obviously christmas is kind of a mad time of year but when you get that like a bit of a break i think i had 11 days because we had like obviously with christmas and then we had a bunch of bank holidays so everything kind of fell into place so over in the uk i took about five or six days off and it ended up because of the bank holiday schedule i ended up with like 11 straight days off oh so, wow it was great yeah i mean obviously a lot of that because when you're married you have family you do a lot of toing and froing to see your family members because you know you're the person working and the majority of people i know are either retired or or back in different parts of the country so we did a lot of traveling but actually when we were back on anglesey we got to walk on the beach and we got to eat really delicious food and we got to sleep in and put our feet up and all of it in a really beautiful location surrounded by this massive garden and big house and yeah, it was, it's really nice to be able to do that and um then you come back to work and you're like fuck <laughs> <laughs> i have so much to do yeah it's weird i need to take a vacation where i go somewhere because yes. like this yes. whole last month i was off Mondays and Fridays, just so like I didn't nice. all of December. I didn't work more than three days in a week. It was just oh, weird, yeah. but it was also really nice. And I didn't have a whole yeah. lot of places to go either. So mm. that's it true. Was... So you can kind of make your own time, can't you? I, I'm on the side of uh, uh, I can't remember the name. His name escapes me. I was a Welsh philosopher. He said that um, if a society works more than four days a week, it's failed. As a society, yeah. <laughs> so I kind of agree with my fellow countrymen on that one. Uh, I wish I could work four days a week, but uh, I'm I might be making the big bucks anyway. So <laughs> we've had a lovely Christmas and a lovely New Year festive period. Uh, Derek, who is your final idiot for season oh. one of History's Greatest Idiots? Um, see, now I was all over the place with this because mm. I've been diving in and listening to all kinds of like history podcasts and stuff. And I came across sure. like uh high tailing through history who gave us a shout out. They awesome. do really we good love work. Yeah. yeah, they do. It's there's similar, similar format, but mm. uh, I, I weaved through there and then I weaved well to where I always go Netflix. And I watched <laughs> a ton of uh, documentaries and came across a new one. That it's been out for a long time, and I don't know why I haven't watched the show before. It's not really a documentary, but it's like a, a political comedy satire daily okay. show vibe because right. it's Patriot Patriot Act with Hassan uh, Minhaj. Yes, yeah. yeah. No, I I've heard of. I think I may have watched the trailer for that actually. And he just fired through people that could be possible <laughs> candidates for history's greatest idiots. 
Oh, it's and brilliant. I, I, what a resource. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I landed on uh, the guy that I have today. Mm-hmm. And it's an international fraudster, uh, J- Joe Lowe. Uh, His name is Joe Lowe. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Even the guy's name sounds a little fraudulent, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> he's, he's like, I know he didn't choose his name, but he sounds kind of like a knockoff already. It's like, babe, yeah. I got you this Louis Vuitton. And she's like, this says Larry Vinton, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but anyway, the story of Joe Lowe mm-hmm. had me going down this deep rabbit hole of crazy nonsense and uh, really hilarious but terrible shit. And I don't have the time to get into everything, so I'm just going to get to the best parts of it. Yes. Give us the the cliff notes, if you will. All right. Jolo worked in tandem with Goldman Sachs to like outright rob an entire country through the use of a country's sovereign wealth fund. Wow. What a prick. And I, I should I should restate that. Okay, He allegedly stole an entire country's money. Because uh, he, he hasn't been convicted of anything, I don't believe. He's yes. currently an international fugitive sought by uh, the authorities. There's a <laughs> cherry on top. He's on the run. We love idiots that are on the run. They always make mistakes. Yeah, you well, you know, he's on, the, he's on the run, but I feel like people know where he is. And we'll get into <laughs> that, too. So, okay. Um, the shit that this guy did with the loot that he got is right. the best part of him. And I can't wait to tell you about it. But we'll start at the beginning. Sure. Mr. Joe Lowe started off life with money. Uh, he was born into a wealthy Malaysian family and grew up in Georgetown, which oh. is the capital city of the Malaysian state of Penang. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've heard of Georgetown. Um, obviously, former colonial like thing, British Empire stuff going on there. Everybody's uh, got yeah. one. Yeah, every, yeah. <laughs> you always you hear a name, you're like, oh, we've been there. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> well, the the beautiful thing about his wealthy family um of Malaysian Chinese descent is right. that they maintained a low profile, which in my opinion is like true gangster stuff where you're not oh, yeah. like calling attention to yourself. Not that yeah. I'm calling them gangsters or anything. But... No, but it's like it's from the playbook, isn't it? Like if you are in the business of doing some shady shit you either have a public profile that is squeaky clean for the most part ellen degenerate um (laughs) or um you basically don't have a profile at all you are under the the radar of pretty much everyone including law enforcement and the general public unless you're al capone so and that's where they were Low profile, Good. under the radar, not causing any trouble. Um, I, I respect the quiet money, unless yeah. the, unless the quiet money is dark money over here. Never mind. Um, no. <laughs> so Joe Low, uh, his granddad Lo Meng Tak, uh, okay. got into iron ore mining and liquor distilleries in Thailand in the 1960s and 70s. Nice. And then he got into real estate in Thailand and Malaysia and Hong Kong. And Jolo's father. Ooh, Kong, sorry, did you say Hong Kong? Hong Kong, yes. Holy shit, that's real estate in Hong Kong. That's like <laughs> he's stacking money. They're getting yeah, yeah, fucking hell. And his son, uh, well, which Jolo's father, right? Um, Tan Sri Larry Lo Hock Peng. Holy shit! Uh, 
<laughs> it's a lot of names. It is. Yeah. I, yeah. Anyway, he founded the investment holding company, MWE, and then along comes Joe. And he's born into this super wealthy, chill family. And for the most part, in his younger days, he keeps a low profile. Uh, <laughs> a low profile. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> later in life, he gets sent to Harrow School in London to continue Ooh. his education. And from what I understand, that's like a, a really prestigious, super elite school with yeah, tons of famous um, alumni. Mm -hmm. So we like, covered Harrow before. We covered Harrow when we did Mark Thatcher. And oh, yeah. Harrow <laughs> is kind of like it, it, Eaton's like the number one school in the UK. It's like where all the future prime ministers go and where all the fucking spoiled rich bastards go <laughs> and all that. And they all wear their special uniform. And basically, the school is the entire town of Eaton. It's just a fucking sprawling estate of beautiful buildings and, and all of these different things. Harrow's like depending on who you talk to, it's like two or three in that list of best schools in the country. So it's right up there. Mark Thatcher left Harrow with a really poor level of education, but he only got there because his mum was in the Tory party anyway. So for this guy to get into Harrow, he's either very educationally strong or his dad's got a shitload of money. So Well, um, I don't know nothing about his education, but I do know that he was there to rub shoulders with the students and powerful families. Oh, so yeah. uh, he the did. He, he, well, not not at this time. No. OK. He he rubbed uh, rubbed shoulders with the Middle Eastern royals and uh, those from Brunei. Oh, nice. And he developed a close relationship with Riz Aziz, the stepson of former Malaysian prime minister, Najib Razik. Raz okay. Razayek. I don't know. Damn it. Razik. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that relationship actually plays a key role in the heist with, you know, him being the Malaysian prime minister and all. Of course. Yeah. After his time in London, he enrolled in the undergraduate program at the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton Business School, all which right. that's, he must have been smart because, I mean, yeah. he's getting into some great schools. Absolutely. And that's yeah, that's impressive. I feel like the Wharton Business School has turned out a lot of people that do shady stuff with money, though. <laughs> well, I mean, business schools are always going to be a bit of a haven for like 25 percent crooks. <laughs> so, like, There's going to be a few people who are like, I'm going to make a lot of money very fast. And you, you, immediately, like you, your radar should be you, your alarm bells should be going off. But yeah, I feel like business schools do churn out at least a few con artists. But yeah. Well, what he did was some stuff and some things, and he continued to develop connections with Malaysians and Kuwaitis and Jordanian interests mm -hmm. and started managing money for friends and family. Now, I just oh, told good. you who all his friends he was making were. So, mm. um, yeah. he's, so he had lots of money in that he's like, managing. possession. Yeah, that he's man managing. And it so. sounds totally innocent, but... Yeah. Anyway, Joe's major <laughs> uh, first major deal was with the Kuwait finance house's purchase of a luxury high rise apartment in Kuala Lumpur in oh, 2006. Lumpur. Nice. Yeah, oh. that's that's I'm sorry. I'm bad. No, at no, no, words. that was good. That was good. <laughs> Just like he's, uh, he's, you know, Hong Kong, Kuala Lumpur. This guy is going for good cities. Well, like, to invest it was eighty seven million dollar deal was his first Oof. major deal out of school. Jeez. So. It's huge. And according to the New York Times, by 2007, Joe Lowe had formed an investment group that included a Malaysian prince, Oof. a Kuwaiti sheik, 
Sheikh, wow. Sheikh, yeah, yes. and a friend from the United Arab Emirates who went on to become the ambassador to the United States in Mexico and yeah. is now one of the most powerful right-hand persons for the crown prince of Abu Dhabi. Jeez, so this guy has some serious connections from his time in Harrow and Con Artist University. and He's all got that. some juice, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in 2010, he consolidated his fortune into Janul Capital, where he was the principal steward. And as the principal steward of Janul, he cultivated relationships with some of the world's largest and most reputable sovereign wealth funds, including nice. Abu Dhabi's mm-hmm. and Kuwaiti's, the Abu Dhabi Mabudala Development Company, the Kuwaiti sure. Investment Authority. And uh, for those that aren't really savvy on what a sovereign wealth fund is, that's the state-owned investment fund that invests in real and financial assets like stocks, bonds, real estate, precious metals, or other alternative investments when like the country has only a few major exports. They kind of diversify their funds by putting it into a sovereign wealth fund. Right. And right. it allows it to allows them to get their fingers into all kinds of things. So they they don't have their eggs all in one basket. Smart. Um, Anyway, back to Janul. Uh, in when he's at Janul, he's connected to all sorts of major deals from 2012 to 2014, including the acquisition of New York's Park Lane Hotel for 660 million dollars. Sweet Jesus! <laughs> and he also did the 200 or the 2013 deal with the Wittif, Wick, Wicked, Wickedf Group of Mabudala and handled the takeover of Coastal Energy in 2014 wow. for $2.2 billion. So he's working his way up. The deals are getting bigger. He's getting involved with EMI's music publishing, the Blackstone Group, Sony Corporation, all kinds of stuff. Wow, this and, guy. He's, yeah. he's, he's doing really well. That, that, those are some very good things to go in for. Jesus. And, and you would think, hey, you know what? You've got a lot going on. You're doing good things. You're on the right track. You're you're kicking ass and taking names. Don't fuck yeah. it up, bud. <laughs> but um, well, uh, here's where the business starts to get a little bit interesting and fun. Okay. Jolo uh, supported Aziz in the establishment of Red Granite Pictures, which is okay. a Hollywood production company that was responsible for films that included the awesome movie. Wolf of Wall Street. No way. It was but it also, in that. But it also did Dumb and Dumber too. So oh, anyway, um, both of those movies, though, the recovery of rights were subject to actions for recovery by the U.S. government in 2013 and 2016 because of Red Granite's involvement with the one MDB scandal, which is Jolo's baby. Um, ah. So. Remember when I said Jolo was rubbing elbows and developing relationships, and one of those relationships was uh, Najib Razak, uh, Razak. Yes. Mm-hmm. In 2009, Najib Razak became the prime minister of Malaysia and the president and board of advisors for the One MDB, uh, which is the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund. Right. And then, though he he didn't have any um, direct title or involvement with the the one mdb he didn't have a, an official position okay but he did have some 
investments and strategic interactive things that happened that uh, he said were consulting and <laughs> at arm's length and okay. legally sound. Yeah, um, whenever any consulting, such a weird thing. There are consultants <laughs> out there, um, you know, financial consultants, media people. I've I've known a lot of media consultants in my time. Uh, some of them do really good work. A lot of them are professors or like doctors. They're very highly respected people in their fields. But then again, you get real chances who are like, oh, I know this. And you're like, I don't know. I think you might just be an idiot who's trying <laughs> their luck. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're earning a reasonable living by basically doing nothing and being yeah. hired by these companies as almost like a tax dodge. It's a really weird. You never understand because they never do any actual work. But, you know, they just seem to get money for it. It's crazy. Well, what kind of idiot would be like, yeah, I'm getting rich doing illegal and shady shit. You got to be a consultant. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, anyway, so in October of 2016, Interpol published a red notice on uh, Singapore's request to locate and arrest Lowe in an investigation related to the 1MDB fund that flowed through its jurisdiction. Right. Uh, the request for assistance to provisionally arrest him was sent to the Hong Kong Department of Justice in April of 2016, but the request was rejected by the Hong Kong authorities. Ooh, okay. Because he's got juice there, and mm. though he's an international fugitive, he's been hanging out in Hong Kong and China, no problem, for all this entire time. Yeah. Does anybody want to know where he was? Exactly. Um, it's kind of... <laughs> Hong Kong's a weird place, because, you know, it was a, it was a, a British um, holding, I guess you would say, whatever it was called, up until 1997, and then the Chinese authorities promised to slowly introduce like their way of governance over like a period of 25 years. And they didn't. They just like immediately like, fuck you, we're going in. And right. people have been pushing back ever since, increasingly so in the last few years. But um, it's one of those cities because it's so big and because there's so much money and wealth and power there that it's very easy. If you want to get lost and you have enough money, you can get lost in Hong Kong very easily. Oh, yeah. And there's no doubt. I think that is one of the places where you disappear when yeah. you're a fugitive with tons of money. Shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, after the Malaysian general election in 2018, there was a new prime minister, uh, Maharitha Mohammed, and good. he reopened the extensive investigations into the 1MDB scandal and issued some arrest warrants of his own against Joe Lowe. Um, and I know I just said he's hanging out in, in Hong Kong and China, and you're wondering, I'm sure, what happened? What happened to the $4.5 or $4.2 billion that he siphoned off into his own accounts? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where it's like the coolest part of the story. He blew a ton of money just being totally baller. Uh, <laughs> he, he, allegedly... He purchased a $325,000 white Ferrari as a wedding gift for Kim Kardashian in 2011. What? Why? <laughs> What's he going to get out of that deal? Uh, I think it has something to do with uh, something I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, okay. Um, okay. The Department of Justice reported to have sought restitution from a ton of other celebrities that received gifts from him as well, though, because I think he was trying to buy his way into being a celebrity. But among... The people that had to give stuff up was Leonardo DiCaprio, who returned uh, Picasso 
and fuck um basquiat paintings okay wow uh, holy shit that were a gift from jolo also victoria's secret a- angel model uh miranda kerr had to return the diamond jewelry with a market value of eight million dollars uh, that he gave hell. her while they were dating the, wait, and, wait she was dating him oh yeah is he a looker because no. he was married no, to orlando bloom he's so. kind of a goofy looking dude yeah but he's got like, he looks like a money. finance guy <laughs> i i i don't want to cast dispersions but he's shady he's i mean he must be very charismatic That's i'm betting but, oh, dude he's yeah. I, he's kind of charismatic he's like friends with Psy, you know the k-pop oh. star yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Can, he hired him for a bunch guy. of concerts i bet he did um, i bet Psy took that money gladly why not for sure absolutely yeah. Um, anyway, so she had to give back her jewelry, but she got to keep the transparent piano that he, he bought her from the crystalline company that is valued as high as $1 million, but she got to keep it because it wouldn't fit through the door to get moved oh my out. God. And if they did try to wiggle it out the door, it might get damaged and it would end up costing way too much money. So she gets to just keep it. Oh, that's um, amazing. In, I got. I feel like if there had been a more authoritarian, punitive measure for that, they'd have been like, "No, we're ripping the fucking roof <laughs> off the house, and we are airlifting that goddamn piano out." A million dollars. First of all, I have a number of questions about the piano itself. Were the keys see through? Because it would be very difficult to play if you couldn't see the ebony and ivory next to um, each other. But like, why? Why? Who wants to see through piano? What the fuck? Why? It's not like there's a lot of interesting shit going no, on inside it's of it. Wires and like felt <laughs> and shit. Why would you bother? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. So Miranda Kerr accepted a see-through piano. Um, and she gets to keep it. So I great, I guess it's part of the house. It increases the value of wherever she's living now. But yes, he's, yeah. he has tried to buy friends, isn't he? Let's let's yes. not beat around the bush. And here we go. His <laughs> best use of the stolen funds is that uh Jolo also invested $100 million into the production of The Wolf of Wall Street, which right. was subsequently nominated for Oscars. Oh, and yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio even specially thanked Lowe for his involvement during one of the awards ceremonies. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Red Granite was that production company that I told you about that's backed yeah. by Lowe. Mm-hmm. Once they got the, the awards and the Oscar nominations, they threw lavish parties in cans and invited Kanye West, who came and performed. I imagine that had something to do with the wedding gift being wrapped into go. that. Um, yeah, I've got a, just a quick thing on the Wolf of Wall Street. Now, obviously, it was a it was a huge success. You know, mm-hmm. DiCaprio got nominated for an Oscar. He didn't win. It was like Margot Robbie's big break um, in cinema. Like she'd done a few things, but this was like a big breakthrough, and everyone's like, "Oh wow, this this woman can really act." Um, oh, yeah. And Jonah Hill was really good in it as well. He's been <laughs> really good in a load of stuff recently, but he was really good in that. Um, $100 million for that film. And I understand, obviously, you've got DiCaprio, who's probably like $25 million, and Jonah Hill's probably like ten, and and Scorsese, who's probably like another $20 million or whatever. Um, where the fuck has all that money gone? Because it's not Avengers-level special effects or anything. Like, DiCaprio spends five minutes crawling on the ground under the influence of quaaludes <laughs> trying to get into a car like did you tell me that scene cost two million dollars no well, fucking way 
I mean, it cost a couple hundred thousand just to wreck that car the way he did. Gosh, your fuck yes. <laughs> but but what hundred million for that film? That feels like a lot of money for a film that would, with all these special effects, they would have had for like the boat and the helicopter stuff and some of the driving. He probably could have made it with half that money. Maybe. I would think maybe. Yeah. It just, I mean, Leo might not have done it, but. Mm. Yeah. I think I, I mean I get it. Yeah, it's it's a prestige picture, but prestige pictures tend not to cost hundred million dollars. Really, well, look at it this way. Let me break it down for you. It is a shady businessman ah. that does shady shit and parties like a baller, using yeah. possibly ill-gotten gains to fund a film about a shady businessman <laughs> that partied like a madman that was based on another real life financial criminal. So it was like life imitating art, imitating Perfect. life in fucking real time. Yes. History <laughs> is a flat circle. Perfect. <laughs> amazing. Uh, um, wow. Yeah. you. I didn't even think of that. That's amazing. <laughs> in, in 2017, the U S government sought the return of millions of dollars worth of assets that were skimmed from the Malaysian one MDB wealth fund. And Rice, yeah. on November 1st, 2018, Lowe and two ex-Goldman Sachs bankers, Tim Leisner and Robert Nikong Hua, were indicted by the United States Department of Justice in connection with the 1MDB allegations. Right, uh, wow. On Halloween of 2019, Joe Lowe entered into a global comprehensive settlement with the U.S. government that forever resolved all silver, civil, criminal, administrative proceedings concerning asset force. Forfeiture. Forfeitures. Yes. <laughs> um, but it didn't resolve him of the money laundering and bribery charges and all of that oh, other shoot. stuff that was tied mm -hmm. on to the criminal cases. Sure. Uh, also in 2019, Joe Lowe made the news for his connection with the Burning Sun scandal, where he was implicated in YG Entertainment's K-pop sex scandal. So oh, yeah. I remember that. Holy shit. That was a big deal. He's being a dick somewhere else with famous people. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. On June 11th, 2021, just the other day, the U.S. Department of Justice announced charges related to the violation of United States federal law and named Joe Tech uh, Low Tech Joe 39. Yes, mm -hmm. dude's 39 years old. Christ. Um, and uh, accomplice Paracasrel Praz. Uh, Michael, Baz. Michelle, uh, 48, they were alleged to have conspired with um, Elliot Brody uh, related to undisclosed lobbying campaigns. Ooh. So, like, dark money stuff? Yeah. Lobbying's it's a really fucking dodgy game. Well, he he's looking at five to ten years per count on those charges, but the lobbying campaigns were allegedly aimed to influence Trump's administration and the Department of Justice to drop investigations on Joe Lowe in connection with the one MDB. Fucking hell, this guy. Um, I, I could I could have seen that working had they seen that through. Well, the, the goal of it was to get rid of the embezzlement investigations, right. but they tried to sneak on because they got he got tagged in with uh, the Chinese government on this. Uh, okay. They wanted a Chinese dissident sent back to China as well as part of the deal. Right. Uh, that's what they were lobbying to get done. Right now, he's still on the run in and out of China. Sure. Uh, don't know how much money he's got left. Mm. I could use a Ferrari or a clear piano in case you're yeah. listening, Joe. I yeah. think your name's awesome. I'd happily do the, the legwork to remove Miranda Kerr's door 
if it means I can get a, a see-through million-dollar piano. Speaking of that, I'm looking for funding for my film. <laughs> if, you're, if you're listening, sir. Yeah. I, know, I mean, you, no, I want... wouldn't take money from you. No, no, of course. Of course not. Um, um, yeah, but now we wait and see. Is he going to be caught hmm. and held accountable? Who knows? But uh, is he one of history's greatest idiots? What do you think, dude? I, it, it's really interesting. He's He's very... Um, he's like a lot of the people that we've covered in terms of con artists and skimmers and you know so many so many financial people that we cover steal money that isn't theirs. They're not like this is the thing. They're not proper financial people, right? Financial people, you Warren Buffett's of the world, you can talk about ethics and money and all you want, but they typically make money by gambling correctly or like analyzing stuff this guy is just a thief he's just a high level thief basically um right they like designed so really others. complicated investment strategies that yeah. siphoned off like 200 million in goldman sachs fees dude that's fucking insane and i mean goldman sachs have a lot of responsibility here as well i mean they so many financial companies are dirty in, in this day and age but goldman sachs fucking the the devastation they've caused to like populations in the United States, and they're still doing shit like this now. It's crazy. Well, they, they robbed an entire country, man. That's that's yeah. the money that is basically like the retirement funds, the just in case yeah. shit for all of Malaysia. Oh, that's so fucking bad. I really hate it when you like people who've worked their whole lives and saved, and then it's just gone like that. And that that's just horrible. That's one of the worst kind of financial crimes you can do. Um, he's clearly not very good because even though. Like he he came up with a a thing where he settled civil and criminal charges in the United States, but he's still looking at decades in prison. Like this guy is not a good negotiator. Like nah, you want the really. slate wiped clean, don't you? Like I will give you billions of dollars if I if it all goes away. Like that's the negotiation, right? You don't like oh I'll I'll get rid of this, but we'll you know. Then he's still looking at decades in prison. What the hell's wrong with you? Maybe so, that's how he got them bribery charges. I mean, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Probably is like uh, that's not negotiation. Sorry. Uh, so as far as um, as far as this guy is concerned, he isn't very good because he's he's thirty nine. Did you say? Yeah. Yep. Thirty nine, and he's already on the run. Usually, I mean, if we look at someone like a Bernie Madoff, who wasn't caught until he was seventy five odd or something like that, like he was an old man with grandchildren at the time and the, his poor sons one of them ended up with leukemia and the other oh, one killed yeah. himself yeah because because of what he'd done um i just i feel like this guy's a not a very good thief i mean yes he, he's lived quite the life and you know rubbed shoulders with people and had a lot of money but he is there's no way he can his head pops up <laughs> and he's done for, basically. Yeah. Someone will take him out, whether it's in prison or he'll get assassinated. So with this guy, um, due to his sheer incompetence, I, I, I have to lower it a little bit. But I will <laughs> say that about an 84, I think, okay. for Jolo. Um, he gets extra marks for having a fucking hilarious name. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, every time you said Jolo, part of me wanted to go YOLO or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, could, I, I it took everything to keep uh, that in me, Derek, when you were talking. Uh, but yeah, I think about an 84 <laughs> for this guy because, and again, it's another one of those situations with some of the people that we've covered. This isn't the end of the story. There's more to this. He yep. will either get caught and sent to prison or 
you know, we won't hear about him for years and he'll show up somewhere and he'll, yeah, I don't know. He's probably going to be involved with the wrong kind of people and someone will try and, you know, rub him out eventually. He, he might already be in some some of that cement that Chinese, China's been pouring. Yeah. So he, he might, he's, he's in a part of the world where corruption is rampant, but occasionally the governments will crack down on it in the harshest way possible. And you will be disgraced, expelled, beaten, disappeared, all sorts of crazy shit. So uh, we may not have heard the last from him, or or we definitely won't hear the, anything from him until someone digs up his bones in like 40 years or whatever. He might be the next like um, Jimmy Hoffa. Uh, yeah. He might be the Malaysian Jimmy Hoffa or something. Yeah. I feel like he might have partied with the guy that you're going to present. He probably did. <laughs> Because every fucker's partied with this arsehole. So th thank you for that nice segue. <laughs> um, yes, my idiot this week, and we've, uh, for the first time, we've kind of advertised in advance, although I did with Mark Thatcher as well, because anything to run down Margaret Thatcher. Um, <laughs> but um, this week's idiot from me is Logan Paul, and I've titled my article, Logan Paul, Successfully Stupid. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a perfect fitting title right there, sir. Yeah, right there. I, I, I resisted the urge to go with a model idiot from Zoolander. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, successfully stupid. Logan Alexander Paul was born on April, the April Fool's Day. Fuck ah. me, I've just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That works on oh. so many levels. April 1st, 1995. He grew up in Ohio with younger brother Jake, who's also a fucking idiot. Um, also a YouTuber <laughs> and internet personality, whatever the fuck that means. Anyone with an internet presence, presence is an internet personality as far as I'm They'll concerned. They'll do anything for money. That's what yeah, that means. <laughs> just suck, suck your bus of oh, give me all of the attention. Um, Paul began creating internet videos for a YouTube channel called Zoosh when he was 10 years old and look, I mean, you look at pictures of him when he was 10, he looked like a proper fucking goof, Jesus Christ he looked like a proper Zoosh yeah, he looked like a Zoosh, what kind of fucking <laughs> name is that? He attended Westlake High School, achieving the ranks of the Plain Dealers All-Star Linebacker on the football oh. team in 2012 so he's got i mean okay we're gonna we're, i'm gonna rip this guy in our and you asshole but he does have decent athletic ability yes um, yeah. yeah not you know he's no fucking like kurt angle or i'm quoting wrestlers now brock lesnar or floyd mayweather or or usain bolt like, you think of pinnacle athletes in like he is he's not one of them he's not, he's one, not one of them of but I wouldn't challenge him to a celebrity boxing match. No, no, I, I would not fight this man. But I'm pretty certain a vast majority of professional athletes could whoop him in pretty much any discipline. He's Agreed. just a good college athlete, probably a decent college athlete. That'll be about it. Um, he also qualified for state level Ohio uh, High School Athletic Association 2013 Division One Wrestling Individual Championships, which is like it's a lot of shit going on there, but it's not, you know what's the uh the the college thing that they do ncaa yeah wrestling yeah he never made ncaa varsity well, or any yeah. of that shit so i'm surprised he's... he even got out of high school so it, this is the thing how the fuck did this guy get out of high school we'll talk about it anyway my high school <laughs> 
Paul had transitioned to the now defunct video sharing app Vine, which has created, I mean, for its short existence in the sphere of social media apps, it created a lot of stars. It was garbage, but it created a lot of stars that have enduring popularity with a much younger audience than you or I. So I just I don't see the difference between Vine and TikTok other than you can go longer than like five seconds yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, it's like it's basically the same thing rehashed and owned by the Chinese government. Steal your data. That's basically what TikTok is. Same um, shit, new spy same packaging. shit, new things. Followers on TikTok. Um <laughs> he started sharing Vine videos that usually included him doing stunts, telling jokes, and playing pranks. Some of his Vine sketches involved him uh, murdering his friend by running him over with his car and his brother Jake kneecapping him so they could park in a handicap zone. So... <laughs> basically, so he was they... ripping off Jackass with really bad, horrible shit. Really bad, horrible, six-second shit. Basically, they were hyperactive edgelords who, <laughs> like, like, they just took their shirts off. It's just like... We're going to do stupid stuff, and also to draw more people in, we'll take our clothes off. As some of them, in fairness, now in fairness, I have to be because like six seconds of comedy is a difficult thing. Some of the vines are actually pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Some of the yeah. short six seconds ones, I've gone actually. You know what? That's quite funny. That was well thought through. I doubt Jake Paul came up with it or Logan Paul, but how memorable can six seconds of content really be? You know, it's it's. It depends on uh, if she's Generation. pregnant afterwards or not. Exactly. That's a very good point. <laughs> Four <laughs> seconds for cuddling. Um, Paul amassed a huge following on the platform. By the time Vine shut down, he had 9.4 million followers on Vine. Um, you, can, you can look back at all of his Vines, right? Every single Vine he ever made, it'll take you 10 minutes. Get out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. There is a, there a video on YouTube of every single vine he ever made, and it's about ten and a half minutes. And I was watching it going, oh, murder, oh, kneecapping, oh, that's not bad. Oh, that's quite funny. Oh, wait, that's really fucking childish. That's stupid. That's misogynistic. That's racist. And it's like, yeah, it's a snowball effect of horror. Well, when I you feel watch like I'm vines. watching this later. <laughs> Go for it. If you've got ten minutes, it's not like it'll take you long. Uh, by the time Paul attended college, yes, he attended college, his YouTube channel had attained a modest following via his work on Vine. He majored in industrial engineering at Ohio wow. University. How the hell did he get in? If you know, that's a difficult like engineering is not an easy thing to get into. So he's 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 I think he's playing it being stupid, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's part of the thing. Um, but then again, he he dropped out in 2014. Uh, after his first year, I think, to pursue a career as a, a full-time social media entertainer in Los Angeles. I'm going to be a star. It's because he made like a million bucks already. Like, <laughs> he was filthy rich in the middle of yeah. college and was like, I'm done. Yeah, fuck this. Why am I here? <laughs> um, Person.jpg, welcome to the chat. He says, I will definitely watch all his vines later. That sounds fun. See, 10 minutes. You know, you, you might end up turning it off after three and a half, but, you know, at least you tried. Um, he quickly moved into a now notorious apartment complex in Los Angeles with other Vine stars. Basically, they took over this building and like, it became a no-go area because there was noise and screaming and smells and horrible shit going on there. So they were all hyperactive 
brats basically in one location. I guess like you've got them in one area, so they can't cause mass damage except to this building. <laughs> so you got them uh, corralled. Got them all in one place. <laughs> By April 2014, he had 105,000 Twitter followers, 361,000 Instagram followers, 31,000 likes on his Facebook page. Who gives a fuck? And about 150,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel. That was, what are we looking at now? Eight years ago? He's got a lot more than that now. Holy shit. Oh, he's been um, busy. He has worked hard. Bless him. I mean, we can't, the whole, you've got to respect the grind. Like, I mean, he works hard, but like, he's got people guiding him at this point, and we'll get to why. A YouTube compilation video of his Vine work garnered more than 4 million views in the first week it was posted. In 2015, he was ranked as the 10th most influential figure on Vine, with his six second videos earning him hundreds of thousands of dollars in advertising revenue. That's not bad. I think it was 600,000 in Damn. one year's advertising. That's not bad for Vine videos, you know? We should do that. Oh, they don't have we it should, anymore. Huh? We should do that. We should. We, I mean, I, we're doing TikTok. We're getting. I'll let you hit me with the car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give me, give me six hundred thousand. I, I'm no problem at all with that. Um, by that October, his Facebook videos alone had more than three hundred million views. Holy Fucking crap! Hell. Logan started referring to his followers as Logang, <laughs> a portmanteau of his first name and gang. Clever, you see. Branding. Stick that in a fucking hoodie. It'll sell millions. Um, in uh, Ooh, the clothes. Start an internet feud with them. Maybe we'll get oh, famous. Yeah, fucking give me that Streisand <laughs> effect, you weirdo. Um, in early 2015, Paul appeared on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Not not a documentary. I <laughs> uh, just want to point that out. The, the TV show. Allegations. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Um, he also appeared on the Fox TV series Weird Loners. That, that's perfect right there. Uh, hmm. Where he appeared in the role of the Paul twins. So he played his brother He's, as well. That's so? kind of odd. Maybe they're both, maybe both of them were on there or something. Hmm. Um, he also starred in two episodes of the Freeform series Stitches. We're, we're getting right the way down now. Like we started at like Law and Order and we're like all the way fucking down here now. Uh, and in 2016, he starred in the YouTube Red movie, The Thinning. That's a terrible fucking name. Opposite Peyton List, who's like gone on to do some stuff. She's another mm. influencer. Um, in 2016, she's also hot. In 2016, <laughs> Paul trained with drama coaches and the comedy troupe, uh, the Groundlings and Upright Citizens Brigade. And that's the last time you'll ever hear the words Logan Paul and Upright Citizens in the same sentence <laughs> ever again. Uh, Paul wrote the screenplay for an adult comedy, Airplane Mode, which is actually a decent name. Fair do yeah. like that. That, that works. Uh, which has been described as an American pie for Gen Z. Fuck off. And mm. Paul himself as... Uh, and by Paul himself as Expendables with Internet Stars. I don't want to watch that. What? So wait, uh, they're going to crash a plane full of internet stars? I'll watch that. <laughs> I would gladly watch a <laughs> bunch of Vine people going down, film it six seconds at a time. Oh, 17,000 feet. Next one. 12,000 feet. It's fucking all oh, that. Oh, I didn't watch that. Just um, a disclaimer. We don't actually want anybody to die, but no, it's funny to think about. we don't want to die. We're being facetious. Don't worry. I don't really <laughs> hate the man. I'm just trying to get a bit of rub from him. Uh, the film was originally planned to be released in 2017, but was eventually released on August the 2nd, 2019, after being delayed. He was also involved in a number of advertising campaigns for Haynes, PepsiCo, and HBO. Wow. 
Um, oh. In 2016, Comcast purchased a short-form digital TV series from Paul called Logan Paul Versus. Uh, makes sense. You know, he's he's staying on brand. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not entirely sure. Just Logan Paul versus what? Like, like food? And... Yeah. That would be Poverty. cool. Lo- Logan Paul gets fat. Because then Paul... I wouldn't have to be so jealous and I could use my body for marketing too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, in November 2017, Dwayne Johnson released on his own YouTube channel, Logan Paul has been cut from like all of The Rock's movies, a video starring himself and Paul in which Johnson informs Paul that he'd been cut from all of Johnson's films and consoles Paul by making him the ambassador to his upcoming Baywatch film. Uh, so it's just... <laughs> An excuse to get Logan Paul involved and try and get the kids into the cinema to watch that awful Baywatch movie. Um, I really hope The Rock doesn't do anything like that with him again. Like The Rock is so big at this point, he doesn't need to. Hey kids, you like Logan Paul? He's an ambassador for Baywatch. Come and watch my film. It's like you're fucking Dwayne Johnson. You don't need. He's going to need it if he keeps doing dumb shit like Jungle Cruise, though. Oh, God, that was awful. That was so <laughs> bad. Why does it hit money? Why do I ask these questions? Um, <laughs> on November the 23rd, 2017, Paul released his new single, No Handlebars, Ugh. a Wait. track that draws heavily on an interpolated sample. Uh, that's what it says. Of the sample Handlebars by the American alternative hip-hop group Flowbots. I've never yeah. heard. You know yeah. them? Dude, yeah, Flowbots were pretty big. Um, Actually, a parody of their song got pretty big that was talking about uh, I'm a big douche from the Scottsdale bars. Um, That that song's that one that's like, I can ride my bike with no handlebars, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's just ripping off stuff. Okay, cool. Like he did with Jackass. Oh, wow. Holy (laughs) shit. Um, The song was heavily criticized for its perceived sexual objectification of women, including a scene in its music video where Paul rides several women like a bicycle? What the fuck, dude? He's such a (laughs) zoosh. He's such a zoosh. You fucking zoosh. My new favorite word. Yeah, we're going to use that as all (laughs) sorts of different words. Uh, Flowbot's frontman, Jamie Laurie, lambasted Paul, lambasted, nice, for both the sexist lyrical content of the song and for the unauthorized use of the sample. Why didn't he start there? Right? He broke the law. (laughs) To start with the law breaking, calling him the face of douchebag entitlement that that could be the title of his biography <laughs> fuck me laurie would later go on to release a track with lyrics deriding paul titled handle your bars clever ah uh, nice yeah that's, that's it. you get into a rap beef with the flow he, he got into a fucking uh they're releasing diss tracks <laughs> with a fucking paul brother uh oh, paul did not respond to laurie's comments nor to the backlash towards no handlebars however he has since deleted the song from youtube surprise he likes to delete stupid stuff from youtube mm-hmm. uh speaking of which on december the 31st 2017 paul uploaded a vlog to his youtube channel depicting the recently deceased corpse of a man who had died by hanging himself in the uh let me just try and make sure i get this right our uh in the Aragira at the base of Mount Fuji in Japan, uh, known as the Suicide Forest due to its infamy as, uh, as a suicide site. 
Yeah. Initially intended to be part three of his Tokyo Adventure series, Paul and his group had planned to camp in the woods, but in response to finding the corpse, decided to notify the authorities and cancel their plans. They did that, but only after they'd filmed it and edited it and uploaded it to YouTube. I kind of so... wish that they wouldn't have found the corpse and they would have spent the night and they would have got suicided in the forest. <laughs> I'm, just, of... I'm not wishing death on anybody. No, I'm no, sorry. I kind of, <laughs> let, let's, let's put it this way. I kind of wanted them to stay in this forest overnight and for their ridiculously overactive imaginations to have scared them with potential ghost sightings when it's actually just like fucking bird lands next to them and breaks a twig. Like, What's that? Yeah. You know, just, I want I want that video. That's the video on I want. themselves everywhere. Just them not getting any sleep, waking up in the morning, going, oh, fucking hell, there was nothing there the whole time. Um, <laughs> Paul's video depicting the corpse and his group's reaction to it um, were criticized by celebrities and politicians. I think I remember Aaron Paul saying, I am, I wish I didn't have the same last name as you. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, I worked my whole fucking life to get famous and then I got Breaking Bad and now I finally made it and then you fuckers come along with your, the same last name and now they think we're related and fuck you. Um, yeah, in addition, he was too. accused by other members of the YouTube community of being insensitive to suicide victims. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's not even up for debate, really. Just uh, a little. He filmed yeah. it, blurred out the body, thank God, and then edited it and uploaded it to the video. And nobody in his vicinity was like, this is not a good idea. So no. where yeah, was why, would they, why would they think PRT that's horrible? That? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get some backlash for this. He was also criticized for, this is actually almost as bad for me, for other misbehavior he was captured taking part in during the trip, including climbing onto a moving forklift at the uh, Suzuki fish market, removing his clothes on a crowded street that's like public indecency i think and then yeah. proceeding to fight passing citizens uh to fight with one sorry with one of the people he was traveling with and throwing a this is the worst one i mean it, it's kind of morbidly funny but also racist at the same time throwing a giant pokemon ball at passing victims including an officer of the tokyo metropolitan police department because Japanese people are Pokemon, apparently, in his mind. I, I feel like, okay, have you watched the first Jackass movie? Yes. Okay. Yeah, with the cone that they put in front, like, Wee right. Man's in the cone, yeah. And they were running around and taking off, the party boys taking off the policemen's oh, hat yeah, and yeah. stuff in, like in, like, the store and stuff, yeah. I, I kind of, yeah. I know they worked it out beforehand. This Jackass yeah. just went and did horrible shit to people and then tried to say, oops, I'm sorry. Yeah, Jackass had a very straightforward policy of like informing local authorities that they were going to be doing these stunts and like clearing it with the necessary people and and they always like they always made it right afterwards. Mm -hmm. I doubt Logan Paul did any of those things. Uh um, I don't think so. so. I yeah. Several petitions were made to change.org urging YouTube to delete Paul's channel, the largest of which received more than 500,000 signatures as of January the 12th, 2018. That'll stop him a petition. Um, <laughs> th those always work. Um, as every a result time. Of, every single time. Don't go to war in Iraq. 30 million people to the streets of the UK to protest that. And it's still so close. Yeah, only half of the nation showed out. As a result of the backlash, Paul removed uh, the video from his YouTube channel following uh, following up with a written apology on Twitter on January the 1st, 2018. What a wonderful way to start the year. 
The following day, January the 2nd, a subsequent video apology was released to YouTube in which Paul described his behavior as a coping mechanism. Coping with what? Being a dick. Um, okay. Asking his fans... <laughs> Oh, this is this is an interesting part. Asking his fans to stop defending his actions in the process. That's that that's good. Yes. They should not be. Yeah, your fucking acolytes, your your army of children worshippers should not be defending you to people who know better at this point. Uh, that's yeah, actually that, pretty huge. Yeah, because I mean that's, that's actually a moment of yeah, a moment good. Good. Yeah. Well done. That's Logan when Paul. you're making those jokes and you know they're real edgy and they land and you see somebody laughing the wrong way at one of the ones yeah. that kind of is too edgy. And you're like, ooh, you're you're laughing mm. at that joke a little too much the wrong way, buddy. Yeah, no, please don't. Yeah. yeah. On uh, the 9th of January, YouTube issued a statement via their Twitter account condemning Paul's video. In the series of tweets, they said, it's taken us a long time to respond, but we've been listening to everything you've been saying. Fuck off. Uh, we know that the actions of one creator cannot affect the community, so we'll have more to share soon on steps we're taking to ensure a video like this is never circulated again. They took way too long to apologize, and it's typical of YouTube. Whenever they're faced with a big scandal or like a threat to their platform or something that is going to affect their advertising revenue or whatever it is, they either go down one of two routes. They take too long to respond or they have a knee-jerk reaction and and loads of people suffer the consequences. Yeah. So, I think they are specific, extreme in either yeah, direction. It's, I think they're always I feel like YouTube exploded so quickly that the team there are constantly trying to play catch up. Yeah, that the, yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of like the internet's wild west in that they're just making laws up as they go as they need to. They're, they're, there's no foresight. They're just like, "Oh god, someone's put this. Oh god, we should we should make a law about that. Why didn't we think about that in advance?" It's just the same thing over and over again. Um on January the 10th, YouTube announced it was removing Paul's channel from Google's preferred oh big fucking deal. <laughs> it's preferred ad program and New World Order, the sequel to his YouTube film The Thinning. Oof. Um, was placed on hold with the airing of Logan Paul versus being halted as well. He was also cut from series four of YouTube Red series Foursome, and the role of Alec Fixler was terminated. Big fucking deal. Nobody watched YouTube Red. Um, on January 15th, Paul was seen at LAX by reporters from TMZ. He said that he was uh, he'd learned a lot from his mistakes and he believes he was being treated fairly. So he's like, that's good. That's actually humbleness right there. He was like, yes, I have been treated fairly. I have a huge platform. I did some terrible fucking things. I deserve everything that's coming to me. He, For once, he... I agree with this man and I agree. It, it's so rare to see a celebrity be like, yeah, I deserve that. I needed to get that. So, Well, he has these weird moments of like clarity yeah. where it's like, oh, he might actually be a good mm. dude and this might all just be like a persona. An act. Yeah, yeah. the thing is, it. I think, I, I do reckon at least 50% of it is an act. The stupidity, the, the bravado, the, the bro bullshit stuff, the toxic masculinity, whatever you want to call it. But and he's probably is intelligent enough to realize what he's doing is wrong. I think the problem comes when a you don't have the right management team around you, or the right people around you, the family, because his dad's a bit fucking mad. But like the people around you who would be like, you should not be doing that, and the and they're the kind of people that you would listen to, as opposed to someone who's like you know just like a low level employee. 
Um, but also <clears throat> we've got to look at the whole fame aspect because if you are playing a character or if you're doing a gimmick, sometimes it can take over and your ego can get out of control and you stop listening to that voice at the back of your head that's like, mm, pump the brakes a little bit. Oh, so, yeah. Well, look at Joaquin Phoenix and friggin' uh, Andy Kaufman, man. Yeah, they took that <clears throat> shit far. Yeah. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix even had to, I like, he's come back from the brink, but he got well into the depth of like, I've lost my mind. I'm retiring from <laughs> acting. It's like, no, stop it. Get out. You're not undercover or anything. Keep Go back to yourself. Um, so when asked whether or not he deserves a second chance, Paul replied, everyone deserves second chances, bro. I mean, I agree with that. Everyone does deserve second chances as long as they yeah. recognize that they've made a mistake and they've they've corrected their behavior and they've they've made amends and they've done the best they can to keep themselves at a higher standard. I think everybody deserves second chances and third chances as well. You just uh, can't keep on making the same mistakes. In response, he donated a million dollars to suicide prevention agencies, a quarter of which is going to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is good. Uh, yeah, that's noble. Yeah, that's that's decent. Probably could have been a bit more. He probably made more money as a result of this. But yeah, anyway, in a response to the controversy, Paul hired Mike Majlak, a former marketing manager at a furniture company, Lovesack. Really? There's a company called Lovesack? Lovesack? That, that sounds gross. They better make beds. <laughs> they better make <laughs> bean bags. So you can say, uh, enjoy <clears throat> your Lovesack bag um, uh, to make sure that no bad things happen. Um, so that's that's good. He's actually hired someone to stand behind him and go, no, don't do that. <laughs> that's a bad idea, you fucking man child. Um, <laughs> on February 4th, Paul officially returned to his daily vlog on YouTube after taking a three week hiatus. YouTube CEO uh, Susan was she was I can't pronounce her name. Was she key? I think it is. Was she she? Uh, whatever. Susan. Yeah, yeah, Susan was she key said on February the 12th that Paul did not violate YouTube's three-strike uh, three policy and did not meet the criteria for being banned from the platform. YouTube are really inconsistent with applying that rule because, you know, it, it, they're usually in favor of their cash cows. Like, if, yeah. if there are awful people who have got big channels and who do big numbers on their platform, they're typically much more forgiving than, say, someone who uploads an anime reaction video and immediately gets their channel struck down, you know? So... <laughs> Yeah. It seems a little bit unfair the way they apply, but again, they're playing catch-up constantly, so it is what it is. In the wake of the controversy regarding the suicide video, Maverick Apparel, a brand for juniors and kids, threatened Paul with legal action for giving his clothing line a similar name, Maverick, by Logan Paul, believing shoppers are confusing their line with Paul's, resulting in a deep decline in sales because of the controversy, so that, that makes sense, Ouch. really. Yeah. Gosh. On February the 9th, 2018, YouTube suspended all advertising on Paul's channel due to his pattern of behavior, referring to a joke he tweeted about the Tide Pod Challenge, which, if you remember that, that was a whole thing where kids were trying to chew on Tide Pods because they were brightly colored. Fuck's sake. Uh, removing a fish from his pond to jokingly give it CPR, which, I mean, okay. That's just uh, dumb. <clears throat> And this is the worst one. This is like psychopath level shit. Tasering two dead rats. Um, Why? I know. Why? You crazy person. Um, fucking oh, get man. out of your own I way, kinda, kid. I kind of hope that uh, 
Well, he didn't. Never mind. I he was going to wish some more Ebola and stuff. Guy's done nothing. <laughs> Thanks a load. Um, his revenue was temporarily halted as a result of this uh, and the suspension. He broadcast live on Twitch for the first time two weeks later on. February the 26th, YouTube restored ads, Jesus, on Paul's channel. However, his channel was still on a 90-day probation period, during which time content from his channel was not eligible to be uh, on YouTube's trendy tab. It doesn't matter. He's such a big news item at that point. It doesn't yeah. need to be on their trending tab. People will go to see what stupid shit he's done now. It's the it's the Howard Stern effect. Like People will listen to see what he's going to say next if they like him or hate him, really. Right. In, January 2019, Paul remarked on his impulsive podcast. Oh, what a name. <laughs> this guy's got a real knack for names, hasn't he? Uh, was it, uh, his comment was, was it male-only March? We're going to attempt to get gay for just one month. Stop, oh. man. He received what? widespread criticism for implying that being gay is a choice. Obviously, that was going to happen, you idiot. With LGBTQ plus organization GLAAD responded to Paul's statement on Twitter, writing, this is not how it works, Logan Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much, you can apply that to a lot of things he's done. That's not right? how it works, man. Uh, he needs it, to follow him around saying that, dude. Fucking hell, yeah. He needs one of the... Um, like the Roman consuls had those those people that would follow them around going, you're just a man. You're just a man. He needs someone going, stop <laughs> that stick down. Stop being a serial killer. In March 2019, <laughs> Paul released what has been described as a mockumentary exploring the flat earth theory. In the uh, video, he interviewed many self-proclaimed flat earthers and spoke at the 2018 Flat Earth International Conference, which took place in Denver, Colorado, because of course it did. The idea of Logan Paul doing a mockumentary is honestly enough to make me want to go and live in the woods. <laughs> it's the death of satire. At that point, like... <laughs> I feel like he just got called on his shit and he was really a flat earther doing all of that. And he's like, you Probably. know, we got to use that footage. Let's flip it. I was, yeah. I, it was a satire mockumentary. It wasn't a documentary we yeah. were shooting. <laughs> It's a the it's a the room situation, isn't it? It's like, oh, I intended it all along. It's a black comedy. Yeah, it's not because I'm a shit filmmaker. Um, <laughs> Logan Paul was sued by Plainless Pictures in December 2020 for the aforementioned 2017 incident in the forest when he posted a video including a recently deceased suicide victim. Plainless Pictures accused him of posting the video in order to escape a, a movie deal he had with them where he would star in, write and produce their own airplane mode uh, film. Hmm. They also claimed that the video led to Google suspending their contract with them, leaving them $3 million in debt. I don't, I don't think he's that I don't think he's that calculating. Like, no. why would he not want to make the movie? Like, well, that's like evil to be like, yeah, I'm gonna screw I'm this gonna company this over contract. just because I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, by filming a corpse. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> All the ways of getting out of it. Like, get drunk and go on a bender or something. Say something. Just like fall over on the paparazzi and vomit on them or something. Don't like film a corpse. You know, yeah. there's Jesus. other ways. Yeah, I, I don't I don't believe that. I think they're just reaching, to be honest. I think they were in debt and they wanted money from him, basically. Seems um, yeah. In 2021, Paul completed uh, competed on the fifth season of The Masked Singer as Grandpa Monster. I don't watch The Masked Singer. Really? I haven't watched. I, I watched it really, really closely, like the first right. 
two seasons. Okay. And we did like a multi-family guessing game. Oh, okay, cool. Via text and stuff with it. Right. And then it was like, okay, okay this is dumb now. <laughs> so it's like a kind of a watch along. Like I get that. Like it's basically you're less watching the program and more kind of spending time with people via text message. Like I get that. I you right. know it's just never appealed to me. Um, it's just not my thing. Uh, so Grandpa Monster, he was unmasked um, on his second appearance, where one of his clues was a foreshadowing of his boxing match with Floyd Mayweather Jr. At that point, it's like, just, yeah, don't bother. Yeah. Everyone knows who that is. Let's he talk was... about his boxing career while oh, we're boy. on Floyd Mayweather. Holy shit. <laughs> I'll make it real quick. Um, in my opinion, the whole thing is a work. It's a fix. As far as I can tell, he's only had two legit fights. Um, both of them were against uh, fellow non-boxer KSI. He drew one of them, although it was a majority draw. One of the judges actually scored it in favor of KSI, and he lost the professional one to KSI, where it went to the scorecards and KSI won. Um, and then a year later, he drew with Floyd Mayweather Jr. Are you telling me that the same guy that lost to a fucking amateur boxer um is is drawing with the possibly the greatest defensive boxer of the last 50 years no he trained really really hard though man for a year he didn't though it's like doing shit videos and stuff for a year yeah I don't, well I it's just because mayweather held him up that's why literally did at one point like mayweather realized he punched he basically right hooked him in the face and he's like oh shit come here and just like hung on to him for dear life. <laughs> it's like, no, don't go down. Jesus, you're never going to get up. And again, Mayweather's like half this kid's size. He ran, and he's twice his age, ran rings around him, basically. Yeah. Um, this, this is the thing. Mayweather is a different level. So the idea that he would draw with any, he beat Manny Pacquiao quite easily. Um, this guy is one of the few undefended box, uh, undefeated boxers to have retired, Joe Calzaghe. Rocky Marciano, a few others. Um, he retired undefeated, and he fought at the absolute pinnacle of the sport for a decade. Are you telling me he's drawing with Logan Paul, no. who's drawn one, lost one? No way. They That's... did it for the money. Um, yeah, and they got some of mine, and I'm mad because I wanted to watch him get knocked out. Damn it. That's... And, and you know what? We've got to give credit to Logan Paul. He keeps on doing this. He knows that people want to see him get knocked out. And mm -hmm. he keeps on charging people, what, 40 bucks for the privilege of like, maybe this one will do it. Maybe this the, MMA guy will do it. Maybe this, maybe the greatest boxer of the last 30 years will do it. But no, um, not a single one has done it. And he keeps on getting money. He's a very good heel. He's a very effective bad guy. He's a big box office draw. But there's going to come a point where people wise up to it because there's only so many times you can go to the well uh, he's made tens, possibly hundreds of millions of dollars at this point. So, you know, who cares? And if, if, all of the knockouts that he's done with MMA guys, you know, um, Tyrone Woodley and Ben Askren, they look dodgy. As, they look pretty suspect to me. Was it him or his brother that knocked out the fighter in this last fight? Because it was just, uh, just a fight the other week, I yeah. think. And I yeah, don't know like... which one of them's which. I, I can't. I can't remember either. I'm sure it's Logan Paul, who's knocked out Tyrone, knocked out Tyrone Woodley and um, and Ben Askren. But like these guys, when you watch the videos back, yes, they get hit hard and face plant. But like people have thrown fights much easier. And 
they all they both got they were both like kind of getting to a stage where they were retiring from MMA and they were offered five hundred thousand dollars plus to take a dive, in my opinion. And yeah. like I would gl- I've had six concussions in my life. I would gladly get paid five hundred thousand dollars to let Logan Paul punch me on the temple and knock me out. You know, like I would take a dive for that. Yeah. All you of mine what? came for free. So for five hundred grand, I would fight him. Yeah, five hundred grand. I would take a die for Logan Paul. I would let him punch me in the face and knock me out. I wake up. I'll have a headache for a few days. I might lose a few brain cells, but who cares? They're disappearing rapidly anyway. You know, I will take it for half a million dollars. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, th- this is one of the the bright spots, though. Um, he was allegedly offered a deal by the UFC. It's currently supposedly in the works, but has refused to sign until. These demands are met, not not his demands for himself. He wants the MMA uh, fighting community in the UFC to be paid a flat minimum fee of $50,000 a fight. Currently, the minimum most people get is $12,000 a fight. That's not enough. Really? Um, yeah. Some, some people in the MMA who uh, fight on the prelims of the shows and the pay-per-views, they only get 12 grand. That's which... not much. It's not enough. You know, they might only fight two or three times a year. So it's nowhere near enough. Yeah. Because they've got training camps and people that like the professionals they work with. And yes, they'll they'll have sponsors, but you know, the sponsors might pay like a couple of grand each. Like that, you're not making a living. So the idea of every fighter getting a flat minimum fee of fifty grand per fight is fair. Yeah. Um, especially when you're putting your life and your physical health on the line. Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I, that that makes perfect sense. I totally Absolutely. agree with that. He's he's also said. Were, no, sorry, I was going to say. In case you were wondering, I, I was distracted because my cat was being an ass underneath <laughs> me. Oh, and uh, now he's okay. Sorry, trying to trying to attack your leg. <laughs> this, this is why the dog's downstairs with my wife. She she would be a pain if she were up here. I didn't know he uh, was in here when we started. Uh, a little <laughs> sod. Um, so not only did he demand that all the fighters get paid $50,000 per fight, but he demanded that the UFC, which in, in fairness is making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Like this, that's not, let's not be around the bush. They're making a lot of money. He demanded that they give complete medical coverage to every single one of their fighters. I agree with that. Why were they didn't? I know they don't. They expect that because they're it's the old WWE thing um, where the wrestlers are independent contractors. So they uh, have to pay for their own travel, their own hotel, their own medical, their own blood, their own tax, blah, blah, and all of that. But if they go and work for the opposition, you best bet they're, you know, getting shit can shit can straight away. It's like you're independent, but you can't work for whoever you want, only for them, and you don't get paid as much as you should. That sounds like an employee to right? me. <laughs> um, pay their taxes and give them medical, you bastards. Uh, but yeah, that's that's typical. I, I someone tried that shit with me in the UK when I was working in the radio industry. And by the time, because I outright rejected their new contract, by the time they came back to me with a counter offer a couple of months later, the ratings had gone through the roof and we'd won a couple of awards. So my ask had doubled. There you go. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll sign as an independent contractor, but I am going to work for other people. And I'm getting paid £150 a show. So nice. fuck you. <laughs> it, it was oh, it was a wonderful feeling in my life. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with Logan Paul on this. I mean, quite honestly, th- there's a debate to be had about you know universal health care in your country anyway. 
You know, yes. that's yeah. you have the money for it. Give people free healthcare. Let them live longer and better lives. Yeah, um, now we just live longer. Well, we exist yeah. longer. You that's exist. So that's the thing. You're <laughs> existing. You're not quite living. So, like, I remember a couple of years ago, my wife and I went back to Wales for a weekend away, and she had the beginnings of a really nasty cold. So I was like, that's fine. We'll just go down the road to the, the nearest hospital. And we got a big hospital, you know, like 10 miles away. So we went there. It was a Sunday. We walked in. Uh, we found where we were going. Uh, she was amazed that the car park was free. She's like, really? You get free parking in this hospital? I was like, yeah, it's not England, sweetheart. You don't have to pay for anything here. She's like, oh, okay, whatever. And we went in. We sat down. It took us about 15 minutes. We were seen by a doctor. The doctor just handed her a prescription. And she was like, oh, okay, how do I pay for this? And he's like, no, you don't pay for it. And she's like, but in England, we pay £7.50 for every prescription. She's like, no, you don't pay for anything here. The Welsh wow. NHS is free, wow. completely free. There are to the point where there are ambulances that will pick people up um, for free if they can't make their appointment. Like they don't even have to get a taxi. There are like community ambulances that go around and pick people up and bring them to the hospital so they can go and see their eye specialist or whatever. That's you know, pretty amazing. It's fucking awesome, dude. And this is one of the major things I miss about living in Wales. Here we have to pay for more of our prescriptions. Anyway. Um, uh, so yeah, Logan Paul, I agree with you. Uh, boxers should be get, uh, well, MMA uh, employees as they are should be getting fifty thousand dollars minimum per fight, and they should be getting complete medical coverage because they're athletes. Give them oh, their yeah. coverage. Look yeah. after your people. Um, Paul also claims he is red green red green red green colorblind. <laughs> However, he's been parodied and criticized by YouTube personalities such as Ethan Klein and Idubs for faking his reactions in a video which he used color-corrective glasses for the first time. Paul himself has admitted that he embellished and exaggerated his reactions to the glasses, but added that he did not lie about his impairment. I, I kind of side with him on this one. He probably is red-green colorblind, but to, to kind of put on the glasses and then go, <gasps> oh, yeah. new world. It's like, yeah, yeah, fuck off. It's, you know, it's entertainment. It's views. I get it. Yeah, yeah it's just, you know, kids will believe that shit. They'll, they'll right. believe that that's real and like that's... You know, when you're bringing someone into your world and you're making them trust you and fall in love with you, and then you're like, oh, I'll buy my shit. You know, it's like, there's, a, <laughs> there's um, it's a bit dodgy. Uh, there are, um, yeah, there's a million other sketchy shit things that he's been accused of over the years, but I don't really want to cover them because, like, he's a bit litigious. And even though we're not exactly, you know, <laughs> we're not exactly Joe Rogan. Uh, who knows if he sees this video? Um, there was that thing where he supposedly took part in a the one of the LA riots and uh, broke into uh, a mall there. It was in Scottsdale. That was here in Arizona. Uh, oh, was that Arizona? Yeah, it was uh, Scottsdale Fashion Square. Right. Okay. Yeah, he was pictured in there, and people were like, he was taking part in a riot. And he was like, no, I was filming it for a video. It's like, oh, it didn't seem <laughs> like it, mate. Journalist. Um, <clears throat> but at the end, um, I will um, end with some of the powerfully stupid tweets that he put on Twitter from the age of 16 onwards. Now, we should, yeah, we should say that he was like 16 to 19 when he posted most of these. But I, I don't remember, even though social media wasn't around when I was 16, like, I don't remember being this racist when I was 16. Um, yeah. I, we, I, 
I, I will be very careful because some of these, I don't even know if I can say them. So let's start at the top. Usain looks like an older, plumper version of the starving African boy, the one on those commercials. That's from when Usain he was Usain Bolt? Usain Bolt. Oh. Why are you picking on Usain Bolt, you fucking brat? Um, girls' tweets always get more favorites and retweets only because they have tits and ass. Hashtag cheaters. Like his tweets are the musings of Chaucer or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. We're not going to read your garbage tweets. Yes, we'd rather look at tits and ass than read your dullard musings. Jesus. Yeah, well, you know, 10 times out of 10, if the choice is TNA or look at Logan Paul, it's uh, TNA. Yeah, give, me, give me the TNA every time. America's role in the world. We don't have one. Survival of the fittest, motherfucker. You think lions are helping meerkats find food? Huh. <laughs> uh, 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 has he ever watched the Discovery Channel? Is he allowed to? He can't do uh, world policy for us. He's uh, no. Well, you never know. He might be an ex-president. Christ. Um, America's role in the world. We don't have one. Survival of the fittest, motherfucker. Okay, so you're going to go down the, you know, the evolutionary survival of the fittest thing. That's fine, but. You think lions are helping meerkats find food? That's such a weird sentence. Well, see, I think he's saying how weird it is that uh, lions don't help him, so why would we help anybody else? But lions also don't like go take a crap right in the middle of a meerkat's like yeah. area. They don't drag their trash over there and just dump it yeah. like you know we do to Malaysia. Yeah, they and they don't plastic. like yeah, they they don't like destroy meerkats' homes or like um kind of go up to them in their homes and charge them rent you know that yeah that's, that's yeah. not what that that's not oh jesus anyway um same thing have, though next tweet if you have cornrows you're twice as likely to get your shit lit up proven fact that's hmm well i mean i i, I don't like cornrows but on i don't know what he means by guys, that but i'll take it yeah, i guess like i think he's talking about douchebags who have cornrows but like the fuck are you? Uh, global <laughs> global warming my ass. Uh, here we go. That uh, sounds like the kind of thing I get when you know, I'm having a flare-up of my Crohn's disease. Uh, <laughs> so this is, um, yeah, that's that's like a 2013 tweet. So again, he was like like 17 or something like that. But Christ, you know, yeah. even at that age, like, it's not a thing. Um, criteria number one for asking questions to the president must have a speech impediment. This is during the Obama administration not sure who he's targeting there whether it's obama or people with speech impediments but either way uh fuck you kid um <laughs> this is probably the worst one i'm gonna have to edit out some of these because i'm afraid that we're gonna get banned for saying some of the things that he puts in his tweets but um at a restaurant annoying child behind us i wonder how much that boy weighs my noose only supports 80 pounds Good Lord, he's, he's yeah. going to hang a little kid? These are, let me just point out, these are all still on his Twitter account. He has not deleted them. That shit really? is there. Yeah, oh. you could type in that exact sentence. Of course, Logan Paul is the type of guy to be a climate change denier. Of course he is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you want to type that exact sentence, if you type in, I wonder how much that boy weighs, my noose only supports 80 pounds, onto Twitter, that tweet will still come up from wow. 2013 14 or something an 18 year old tweeted that he wants to hang children uh <laughs> transcendentalists are tree hugging oh, 
slur word for gay people um how who have nothing better to do than write meaningless run-on sentences attempting to me attempting to be different just oh it's horrible. did he say he that just, in a run-on sentence by chance he did he did <laughs> <laughs> clever I, the last one i'm not even sure how much of it i can say uh watermelon makes your penis bigger oh no and he talks about one ethnic minority Soy increases the estrogen levels in your body, decreasing penis size, other ethnic minority. It's like, that's from 2014. That's when he was 18. Fucking hell. Um, now, and now you can see, um, you can say like, oh, it was nine years ago, 10 years ago, all you want. I kind of, you know, people definitely do grow and they do learn from their mistakes in their past. But um, there is a point at which like the saturation of awfulness has to be cut off at a reasonably young age. Because even though you might be like, oh my God, I was an arsehole until I was 18, 25, 30, whatever it was, right? Yeah, That is still going to have a major impact on you for the rest of your life. Because it's the way you have behaved and it will kind of determine the way you react to certain uh -huh. situations in the future. So I, th this is the thing with Logan Paul. He is incredibly successful and he should be applauded for his success because he works hard. And elements of that success are to be applauded and are a useful lesson for younger people and people who want to achieve things in life with maybe not the greatest set of skills available to a human being. That is a good thing. The way he's gone about it, some of the things he's done, uh, the behavior, the patterns of behavior, sometimes, at worst, at least they are um, questionable. At worst, they are, how are you not in prison? Some yeah. of them. You know, yeah. at least like arrested. I just, I feel there are people in the UK now who are being charged with hate crimes for writing some of the stuff that I've just read out on his Twitter account. They're well, going to prison for this. Here's the, so. the thing about writing, and, and he could argue perhaps maybe he's trying to make a joke. And you can't get no. the tone or the inflection or the way it's supposed to sure. land. Um, and that's that. why you write jokes and you tell them out loud and you try them and see if they land mm. before you just throw it out to the millions of people yeah. that are following you. Yeah. And I mean, in fairness then, to him at the time, he only had a couple of hundred thousand followers. Yeah, but, <laughs> that doesn't make any better. Yeah. Um, it's again, like you're saying, he, he did a whole bunch of good things, but with yeah. influencers, yeah. I honestly, I got to yes take some of the stuff they say but the most important thing mm. is to hone your craft and become good at it yeah. whether it's writing comedy or or doing stand-up stuff or creating content do it without just like just trying to be a jackass and insane all on your own and yeah. and for shock value you gotta design and craft it and make mm -hmm. it art not yeah just and, and you will garbage. get more confident as you do that in yourself and your ability in you'll make more connections you'll you'll meet people and i i think I, I, a lot of this goes back to there was a book released probably over a decade ago now uh i go back to wrestling every time for an example by a wrestling <laughs> personality called eric bischoff who was the vice president of wcw and his biography is called controversy creates cash it's a very alliterative it's a good title i don't like eric bischoff i think he's a bit of a one-trick pony who got lucky 
Um, but and he's also an arsehole. Just I have that. Is he very... tied in with some reality TV shows and shit? Too? Oh yeah, like he's yeah. produced a load of with with the guy from the Wonder Years, not Fred yep. Savage, the other kid. Yeah, um, <clears throat> Eric Bischoff is an arsehole, but he made a point in that biography that he pointed out something that was going to happen in the next ten years is that people were going to take controversial hot button topics. They were going to drum up a furor around the subject and then cash in on that personality yeah. that they've created, that that attention. And I really do hope we are beyond this now because this shit has been going on for like 10 years, this swirling yeah. vortex of attention and anger and division. And it's not healthy for a society or a world at large when we really need to be coming together for the most part. So... Logan yeah. Paul is kind of at the he's so controversial and so emblematic of that type of era and that behavior that he featured in fucking um Bo Burnham's song on <laughs> about yeah. uh, on on inside about like is this reality am i really experiencing this if it is i don't want any part of it he featured in that song so yeah. that's the level of infamy we're at now so i have to ask i mean obviously Logan Paul pretty much everyone who is of a certain age below like i don't know say 65 knows who this guy is is familiar with his uh back catalog of disastrous behaviors what do you make of logan paul it's a very complex one this i think it is it is because i want to rate him like 90 just because i hate him yeah. Yeah, but exactly. I hate him because I'm jealous a little bit, I think. A, a little bit. There is that. There is like 25% of me that's like, I kind of want some of that kid's life, you know? Right. Well, he does some fun things and cool things, yeah. too. And Hangs out with he, interesting people. He has the opportunity, though, to mm. redeem himself and use yes. his voice to kind of change and show how he's changing and evolving and why. Yeah. And he's going to bring a, a whole generation of people with him, maybe. Absolutely. He's got so many followers on so many different platforms. The Logan Paul that advocated for minimum pay for athletes and fighters and for universal health care for them, that is the Logan Paul I want to see across the board from now on. I don't right. need any more of this attention-seeking, I've got your hat, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, I don't <laughs> need any more of that guy. You're 26 going on 27. You'll be th 30 is literally around the corner. You'll blink, you'll wake up, and you'll be 30 years old. Don't yeah. be that guy when you're 30, please. I think because he he's he's done a couple of bad things, but he legit mm. remorse. Oh he's, yeah. He seems he seems to know better and trying yeah. and, and he's trying to do better. So that automatically takes him way down. And uh, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> he's not gonna get as high of a score as I wanna give him. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I a part of me wants to go, oh, fucking Logan Paul, 99. But, like, you have to respect that he has changed. He has at least shown levels of remorse for his behavior. He is successful. And maybe he is growing in a way. Maybe. Yeah. He could very so. well just be the Antichrist and bring in peace and then oh, yeah. just, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go just with this. What I imagined his high school... Uh, scores are on his tests and i'll go with a 75 sure i'll take a 75 <laughs> that sounds about right i'd have been happy with a 75 in high school to be fair uh, <laughs> um yeah i kind of get that i always i knew this was going to be a difficult one to score because again it, it's it's the infamy thing isn't it mm -hmm. like he's a notorious person 
Um, and but at the same time, you can like attribute so many different things to it. Like I didn't even get into his father. His father's just there's a lot of weird shit going on with his dad. His dad's in a lot of his videos behaving really odd. Like yeah. imagine growing up with that guy as your role model. My poor kid. Yeah, and then like <laughs> famous at such a young age, and like all of this rushed on you. It's the Justin Bieber thing, isn't it? It's like yeah, you get famous so young, uh, but it's like a certain age, like. Michael Jackson was young at like, was famous at like three, right? Or, or five or whatever it was, right? Really and it young, just yeah. fucked him up completely. Mm -hmm. Like he was next level batshit crazy. The shit Michael Jackson did is purely the kind of thing that someone with all of the money and none of the maturity does, right? right? The, the decisions, the financial, all of that. When you are famous as a kind of a teenager, I feel like that's a problem because it does stunt your development. Oh, I think you're like, I'm an adult now. I'm making money. And yeah, this is I'm how I money, am. Therefore, I make the decisions. But like, no kid should be making decisions like that. Not necessarily. You know? No. Yeah. Yeah. But so, he I, I have high hopes, though, that he's going to yes. transition. Maybe this whole yeah. thing has been a ploy the entire time to show people how you can grow and change. I would love it if that were the case. I would love it if Logan Paul and his brother and any social media people, because there's so many fucking idiots on there. Um, <laughs> so many YouTube, X Vine, you know, TikTok people. I really do hope, and it's about finding peace uh, or making peace with who you are and recognizing the darkness or the, the flaws, the character problems, the personality traits that aren't so healthy, Ex accepting them, working on them where you can, and accepting that you are going to be an imperfect human being, but you should try your best as often as you can and maybe give yourself a break from time to time. I do hope that happens for the Paul brothers because I don't, while we've joked about stuff, I really do want them to be successful in the right way and to kind of be an example to the younger generation who, as far as I can tell, for the most part, are way more mature than I was at their age. Uh, but yeah. some of them have been led astray by some of the antics of these people. Show them that you can do that for a while, but then you have to grow up. You know? Yep. So, yeah. But there we go. I will take 75. Uh, so it's kind of slight, to end the series, somewhat of a low-scoring low episode, but really amazing uh characters joe low stories yeah fucking fun stories man <laughs> billions siphoned off again we, we love that evil manipulative i'm gonna run off now with your money bullshit because they're easy to not <laughs> like and logan paul who is kind of a classic idiot because they are they have a certain position in society and a portion of that position they have is because they're stupid to a certain mm -hmm. extent, you know? So, or their actions are stupid, we should say. We, we He's probably not as stupid as he lets on. But there we go. Um, <laughs> that's the end of season one. Derek. I don't even know what that means. To, oh, it just means we go straight into season two. It just, okay. like, I, I just, yeah. <laughs> I just want to be able to say to people, I'm on season three of my podcast. We've made yeah. this many episodes. But actually looking at the, the time now, we'll have done 32 hours, 30. 32 or 33 hours of content across 25 episodes. Wow. 4,500 listeners across that entire segment of time. So thank you so much to everyone who's listened to and downloaded and commented on and been a part of season one. It's been an amazing journey. I, we kind of started this, just wanted to have a bit of fun, hoping to make a bit of money from it, which we're at $10 now, Derek. 
Hell $10 yeah. $10 in advertising Breaking money. Hell in yeah. the loot. Thank you, Anchor. <laughs> um, and we're putting out, um, you know, video podcasts now, which are doing really well. Can't believe the final idiot of the season is someone I know about. Pernicious Rose. That, that we're glad we could appeal to your, your knowledge of <laughs> idiocy, but there'll be more uh, obscure idiots in season two. So be be sure to stick around for that if you guys uh want to follow us on social media our uh let me think about this now our instagram is at history's greatest idiots and our twitter is at greatest idiots you can visit our patreon and support us officially and give us money and get free stuff at patreon.com slash history's greatest idiots please be our first patreon <laughs> and uh yeah that's that's our show for this week so if you are in a position where you have access to a bunch of people's pensions or you have a social media following that numbers more than the population of the United Kingdom, uh, maybe don't go mad and steal all their shit or act like a douchebag. Yeah. Just, just don't do it. <laughs> just be the bigger person and leave the money on the table and earn it properly or, or don't, you know, film dead bodies in the forest fucking no. oh god anyway that's our show for this week derek would you like to say goodbye please i would everybody you've been amazing this is awesome yes. i can't wait to keep going and we'll see you next time yes oh and by the way derek has yeah. a new show of his own please derek tell us quickly oh. about your show this is a perfect opportunity for that i yes. started a scripted comedy podcast called adventures in college safety that's sort of loosely based on my time as a security guard working at a community college right out so of high cool. school and it's it's a goofy fun time and pranks and hookers and really offensive horrible humor and it's all it should be a cartoon for your mind yeah, yeah. so the mash <laughs> of college humor i love it it's so good honestly I uh, where can everybody that. find it? Uh, it's anchor.fm slash adventures in college safety or wherever you get your uh, podcast streaming platforms like Stitcher and Apple and yes. Google and all of that. And also you're on uh, Instagram. Is that right? Uh, on Instagram at uh, adventures in college safety and on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash adventures in college safety. You can listen to the podcast straight on Facebook too. So that's nice. pretty neat. Yeah, that's really cool. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, we will see you again in a few weeks. You haven't heard the last of us, but season two, episode one is on the way. Goodbye now. <laughs>